Welcome to the Brain Hickey Podcast, resources for marketers and entrepreneurs to help you leave a long-lasting mark on your audience, what I call a brain hickey. I'm your host, Adam Benzman. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. This is Adam Benzman with Brain Hickey. And we got a great episode plugged in for you this week. We're going to be talking about writing sales copy. Now, I keep getting some emails. I have an autoresponder on my website. And if you opt in, you can go to brainhickey.com. On the right-hand side, you'll see a little slider. It says five copywriting secrets sent to your inbox, tips you can do on your own. And in the first email, which is the first secret, it says, hey, respond to this email with your biggest struggle writing copy, and I'll respond. I promise I read and respond to every email, which I do. So the other night, I got an email from someone saying, hey, Adam, I'm looking to write some sales copy for our software that we're selling and and some upsells, and they're trying to get people into a webinar. And he says, but it's not working very well. Any tips? And Obviously, that's a that's a big struggle. We've all been there. We've tried to get people to opt into a webinar. We're, we're doing a product launch or release online. And it's a challenge to get people to take action because, you know, it's competitive to get in someone's inbox. But before you dive in and say, hey, you know, the guy's name was Jake. And I said, Jake, before I can give you any feedback on how to write killer sales copy, we need to take a step back and take a holistic view at what we're trying to accomplish. And so many people, writers included, get the blinders on. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. They just look at this this little um, piece almost under a microscope and not just taking a step back and trying to look at the whole funnel. Now, the first thing I want to look at is the level of awareness. Do Does your audience know who you are, what service you're offering, and what they're going to get out of it? Now, if you're sending cold emails, that's a totally different animal. I have a cold sales email template. Uh, You can email me at adam at brainhickey.com. I'll send that to you for free. Um, And again, with follow, there's some follow-up templates on there too. It's pretty sharp. But anyway, if you're sending cold, it's very different, right? So the objective on a cold email is going to be very different than it is when you're sending something uh, for someone that's opted in the list intentionally or they know you or better yet, someone that's already purchased from you. So understanding the data you're working with, the level of awareness you're working with, um, and how those people got in that list is the first first thing because that's going to dictate your voice, how you position the brand, what you can talk about, um, all that stuff. Now, the second thing we need to focus on is the one action goal. And and I know people will call it the call to action, but the call to action it, to me is different than the one action goal. The one action goal is if I want someone to opt into this webinar, I want to make the entire email about opting in. Now that one's pretty obvious, but I see people on their website, you know, what's the one action goal of a visitor on your site? Well, I want them to book a free whatever with me. Well, everything on your site needs to help guide that individual and provide opportunities to accomplish that one action goal, right? We can't have multiple options to contact and all these different things. We want to funnel people into that one action goal. So find out what that is. If it's to get someone onto a list, into a webinar, to make a sale, to get other credit card, we need to nail that down first. Now, the next thing that we need to consider is the greatest benefit of your offer. Now, I talk a lot about features and benefits, as does every copywriter and hopefully every marketer, right? But the other day I was reviewing someone else's uh, sales copy for a webinar, and all it did, it was, a, it was, it was uh, I had to say, it, but it was cheesy hype, right? Wouldn't it be great if you could live your life this way? Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? Now, I'm sure you've learned this already, but you really want more. In this webinar, I'll show you how. And that's it, right? It's super vague and doesn't show like, hey, 
you know, learn this skill and this is going to change in your life, right? And then you can build the story backwards. So here's an example. I wrote a webinar opt-in for uh, a contractor, a, a marketing company that specializes in essentially enhancing the, the customer experience for contractors so they can get repeat business and referrals. And the webinar was about how delivering a world-class uh, customer experience would deliver world-class profit. And it was, it was really fun to write because the webinar gave very tactical tools to accomplish these things and showed how you know it disrupts the thought process that hey we need to focus so much on our sales and revenue and blah blah and this disrupted and said you need to focus on your customers and i forget who said that but i said don't fall in love with your product fall in love with your customers and i'm quoting someone famous i don't remember who it is so i'm sure you'll look it up anyway you know when we when we identify those top benefits and say listen for you guys in the in the in the contractor example for the contractor to make a ton of money, they need to shift their thinking and to take care of their customers. Here are some easy ways to do it, right? So there's, it shows the benefits that take care of your customers, you make more money, you get more referrals, right? So we position the entire thing about how easy it is to do this, but most people look past it. And then we built it into a story. You know, it is so easy, but we often overcomplicate growing our business, right? And it's almost like, and I'm sure you've had this happen. I told a story that resonates with people. Have you ever been in the grocery store and you're looking for that one item on the shelf and you're staring at the shelf and you're staring at it and maybe it's oregano in the spice rack and you cannot find it anywhere. And then you go ask the clerk where it is and it's right under your nose or better yet a minute later because you refuse to ask for help, you find it and you're like, gosh, that was right in front of my face the whole time. Well, it's funny because that's how some principles of business are, right? Some of the answers are so obvious. So we talked about this in the webinar to build that feeling like you know what to do, but you likely just haven't seen it yet. And it is right in front of your nose. And when you make that breakthrough, your business is going to transform. And all you need to do is realize these things, follow these three actionable items, and you will start to get more repeat business, more referrals, more profit, and repeat, excuse me, I already said that, right? Repeat business. So anyway, you see how what we did is we focused on the benefit. We turned it into a story. We knew the one action goal of opting into the webinar, and we walked that person into the webinar. Okay, so um, very, very important to focus on this type of structure first and understanding the bones of the copy project before saying, hey, this is how you write. Now, another place that people go wrong is they don't outline. Any good piece of copy needs to be outlined first. Now, I didn't always do this. I tried to just shoot from the hip or write and then go back and edit and then go back and write. So I want to share with you right now what I view as one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned as a writer and I think can can help anyone. No matter your, your writing skills, you're a strong writer or you're not a strong writer, the fact is there are times that you're going to be writing for your brand or someone else is going to be writing for your brand. And either you can help them do this or you can do it on your own. But here's what I do. First, I want to understand the, 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 the medium of the copy project because me, the medium is going to dictate everything. Now, sales copy on Facebook absolutely sucks. Ask anyone who's written a successful ad on Facebook and your traditional salesy language will not work. Why? Because the, the platform of Facebook is that of conversation. We are in a world where everybody feels so important to share their opinion that it needs to, to almost seem like the beginning of a dialogue or to join the conversation that's already going on inside their head. I know which is you know positioning and marketing 101. 
but the, the whenever I've seen actual you know campaigns running on Facebook that are like do this click here now you know it, it doesn't work this that type of copy can work on a landing page uh, can work on a sales page that type of thing but it doesn't work on Facebook likewise um, short form medium form works typically for most audiences now I know that long form ads perform well but I get I said for most audiences now the long form stuff really works for more b2b stuff um, more expensive products more info product type uh, personal brands things like that so you need to understand your medium first now at the same time uh, I love email email if I could play in one copy medium all day long it would be video and email because the level of personal connection you get in those two platforms is amazing and you can get away with murder in it right you can you can you can be edgy you can push the envelope it's personal you can you can have more long form copy and content and the scripts can be more playful and fun and, and it's a different level of trust. Uh, in that platform than it is on, let's say, Facebook. And same thing, again, if you're writing some ad copy on a pay-per-click campaign, you're you're limited by a character and all that stuff. Um, so we really need to boil down the essence. So number one in my writing process is to identify the copy medium. And from there, I will understand, I'll learn, and I'll, I'll, I, I know, <laughs> what can I get away with, how long should it be, and how should I approach this project? So number one, identify that copy medium. Number two, what is the greatest benefit of whatever I'm pitching, the product, service, webinar, um, the, the offer, the free consultation, the free strategy session, whatever it is, what is the greatest benefit of whatever it is I'm going to offer? And I need to keep that at the forefront of my mind in the project. Then from there, I'm going to think about how to build that into a story. And analogies work fine. Um, they, they definitely do. People People like reading stories, okay? It, it elicits a strong emotion, a very strong visual part in their brain as they're reading it, and it it's authentic and it's fun and it's playful versus sounding super salesy. So um, the next thing I'm going to do is um, identify my one action goal. What do I want them to do, right? So I know the benefit. Now what is my one action goal? Do I want them to opt in? Do I want them to click? Do I really just want to funnel them to another page? You know, so many people, especially on Facebook, for example, they try to get the whole pitch out up front, right? So they might write a, a post, a promoted post or a dark post or an ad, and they're trying to get the whole pitch of their company out. But ultimately, all you need someone to do is click because the, the, to continue the story is on the next page. And once they click, they're going to land on maybe, let's say, a sales page or an opt-in page or something of that nature that's going to continue the story and really drive down the point. So, you know, a Facebook ad is more like a bait before you go in the kill to drive someone to the next page, whereas in an email, you need to figure that out. Is the goal within that email to get your phone ringing from the email? If it is, you need to approach the copy differently. If it's not, if you're going to be directing someone to an opt-in page, all you need to do is give enough information to intrigue them. Now, I call this being precisely vague. Think of it this way. If I came to your house and you were looking for an estimate on uh, your roof and I gave you every single piece of information you could dream of, told you when it was going to be installed, the price, all the options, and boom, I left it on your counter and I leave. Are you going to call me? No, you're not unless you decide to work with me because all of your questions are answered. It is my objective when I write copy to be precisely vague, to leave that reader essentially on the edge of their seat where they have 99% of that decision made, but in order to get the rest of the story completed, they need to take action, either 
to buy so they can see the product for themselves or to book the session or to reach out. And this works exceptionally well in B2B. We wanna leave that one little question that says, hey, this sounds real great, what about? Because boom, now someone started a dialogue where it feels like the recipient initiated it versus them being sold, right? It's very authentic. So again, I wanna identify that one action goal. Do I need them to take action in the email or on the post? Are they gonna be directed somewhere else? And what little piece of information is going to kind of leave them on the edge of their seat that will require them to take action. Now, some people say, no, 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 well, I want to make sure they're comfortable making a decision. I guarantee you, if you give away too much, they have no reason to reach out. I was just redoing a bunch of uh, copy on print material for a client, and we spent a tremendous amount of time figuring out what is that little piece of information in the one action goal for people in this, in this um, uh, print material that's going to be disseminated is for someone to call to book a free appointment. Okay. Now, if we gave away everything up front, eh, if someone has the answer or doesn't like the answer, they're not going to call. But if I can get them on the phone, I can overcome the objections. We can set the appointment. We can send the sales guy out. So we want to be precisely vague. All right. So after I've got my uh, copy medium, my benefit, my one action goal, um, all that stuff nailed down, now I need to actually outline the flow of the project. I make a bullet point list and usually it goes something like this. First, I need some sort of hook. Now here's where most people go wrong when you're new at writing copy or amateur copywriters. They attempt to make the hook part of the value prop. It doesn't need to be, okay? I had a really high performing email that started off with, I just got off the phone with Jim, period. That's it right? There wasn't a value prop. This led to a $1,000 static checkout page for a, um, an info product I was selling at the time, and it worked. Now, my point is that <laughs> Joseph Sugarman, who you've heard me mention numerous times, is one of my favorite copywriters to study, and he said the purpose of the first sentence is to act like a slippery slide. All you need them to do is read the second sentence. The purpose of the second sentence is get them to read the third and so forth. It actually starts with the headline, headline, subheadline, and then first sentence, second sentence, and so on. And it just continues. So you don't need to worry about having this ace of a hook, right? But you need to jump in. Too many people use this generic BS fluff that's like, uh, something tells me you're looking to have the best year of your life in business, and I have just the perfect answer. It's like, come on, it's contrived, it's cheesy, it sounds forced, and it screams salesy. So any sort of hook, whether it's, you know, the start of a story, a main feature, disrupting their thought process with some new information, revealing the insights of a, of a new research study, something like that, we want to set the hook. Now, after that, we want to resonate with their pain. Like, hey, this is exciting. Now I'm, I totally understand, you know, what type of pain that they're experiencing, bringing up the solution, overcoming the objections. And then from there, building in some sort of social proof and a call to action. Now, every copy product is going to change, and that's a very condensed version because I've seen bullet lists of up to 30 pieces, 30 fundamental pieces that should be in, a let's say, a long-form sales letter or a long-form sales page. But I want to outline, and I mean this. I just did this with a client yesterday writing a video script. You need to bullet point the outline of what you're going to say, and this gets the creative juices flowing. So if you just get in and start writing, it's formatless. And think about it. Your your digital project is a virtual salesperson, right? You don't have the luxury 
to go sit in front of someone. This is my favorite part of copywriting because I came from in-home sales. I've trained in-home sales teams. Um, when you are in person doing sales, you have the ability to observe body language, answer questions, have someone interrupt you, and lead the dialogue and reel back in attention. When you are a static salesperson, just letters on a page, on a screen, or on a piece of paper, the minute that attention breaks or someone's bored, they're gone. The minute they don't believe you or they get a weird feeling, they're gone. The minute they have an objection that you don't or have not answered, they are gone. So it is very, very important for you to outline your copy project in a way that makes complete sense to, to address your core offer overcome those objections and walk that individual into taking that one action goal. Again, being precisely vague, leaving just enough so they need to contact you to complete that story. So after I'm done outlining my whatever copy project, in this case it was a video script, I'll have my client proof it. Have someone else proof it. Essentially what you're doing is positioning your project. Now so many people, anyone that's ever started a business has thought about positioning. How are you gonna position your brand against your competitors? How are you gonna position yourself in the mind of your prospect? So when you're outlining an email, when you're outlining a video, when you're outlining any sales literature, sales copy, or sales page, you need, need, need to start with an outline. From there, it is so much easier for that writing to come naturally or at least semi-naturally and be a lot less headache uh, and we all know it's a headache it's why half my clients hire me they say Adam I'd like to do this myself but I just don't have the mental energy or the time and it's exhausting and it takes forever I get it and it happens to me sometimes but unfortunately I love it <laughs> so outline your project first then go back and review it okay so that's how we start any project now after we do the outline, what's next? I typically don't jump in and start writing. What I do, I use Google Docs. I will copy and paste any copy, okay, any written copy that has been produced for that brand that is relevant and explains a little bit about what we're doing. Now, why do I do this? I copy and paste it into the same doc. I don't format it. I just keep a whole list of whatever I thought was, boom, this jumped out at me. It's valuable, is important, helps with the brand position, and it helps with the brand voice for consistency. And I keep that beneath my outline, okay? And it'll be a bunch of copy-pasted paragraphs. So now I've essentially done my research for the project, and I see everything that is super important. So now what I do is I, because on Google Docs, you can do this on Word too, I highlight I read through everything that I just copy-paste and slap down that document, and I highlight the hard-hitting information that, boom, punches me in the face, and I say, that's important. Now, between my outline and my highlighted pieces that are the two things, those are the two things that I focus on, and that is it, okay? So I will skim back and forth. I'll use those hard-hitting pieces of the copy that I highlighted to fill in the gaps and then I write my own language around it. Sometimes you can, you know, especially if you're using your own copy, you can um, you can literally just harvest and reuse it or modify the sentences so they flow together. The only reason that I will start to read the, the copy that I copy-pasted but I did not highlight is simply for context or to see if I missed anything. But nine times out of ten, 
I don't even look back at it. And I promise you that when you when you approach a copy project this way, you are going to find that one, you're going to have a lot more direction and clarity in your project. Number two, your medium will match your voice. So again, Facebook, uh, sales page, landing page, um, whatever it is, it will match appropriately. Number two, your positioning of your copy projects will overcome any weakness in your writing ability. Because truth of the matter is this. If your writing is formatted properly and you hit the right points at the right time, people will still read it and it will still work. It is more important than the quality of the writing itself. Now, my wife just shared this quote with me yesterday. I believe it was by Maya Angelou. Something along the lines of, people won't remember the gifts you give them. People won't remember, um, shoot, what was it? What you tell them, right, that's the important part. People won't remember the gifts you give them. People won't remember the words you tell them. All that they will remember is how you made them feel. Now, think of that and build that into all of your copies. So don't get so hung up on the words. Funny, right, coming from a copywriter who writes for a living. But seriously, get focused on how the reader is going to feel. If you nail that, the words will happen organically. What so many people do is they focus on the words first. They read a blog and they say, oh, this copywriter says I have to use these punchy words here and here, and I have to open up with these questions so I can start to get yeses because the, the last yes is a click. It's all a bunch of BS garbage. I Part of my sales presentations that I give to, um, I'm sorry, not sales presentations, my, my instruction presentations that I give um, People ask me to present for them. By the way, I have a webinar coming up on Tuesday, uh, this Tuesday, and you can email me, adam at brainhickey.com. It is 100% sales pitch free. It, uh, it's 100% value driven. Uh, it's hosted by Brett Farr over at Blick Digital, and I'm, I'm uh, jumping on with him. But at any rate, when I um, present on sales for people, I focus so much on how you make people feel. That is all that is memorable, and so many people get caught up in the language, right? And when when I dissect other people's copy, I see everyone trying to use these little copy secrets. So in my presentation that I give, I have factual examples showing that these copy quote unquote secrets are actual excuse me actual BS. They are crap. Where links should go, catchy words on subject lines. Here's the truth. All that matters is the trust and confidence with you as a sender and their familiarity with your name and your brand and how you make them feel. That is it. I had a 56% open rate on my list. When I got out of that industry, I hammered that list with info products as an experiment. My open rate dropped to 25%. Okay, Nothing changed at all except the frequency of emails and I pushed product instead of value where before I disguised all of my sales in value-driven emails. So much so, in fact, that literally one year later, okay, after I stopped sending these emails, I got a phone call from a prospect. Uh, this was from my old consulting business. And he said, hey, Adam, um, I've been meaning to call you for about a year now. I have saved every single email that you've sent me, and I've reread them, okay? Now, keep in mind, these were all sales emails. But the difference between a quality sales email and a BS salesy sales email is value, Every single email I sent, I gave away a ton of information for free and I helped people solve very, very big problems. Now, to do that was easy. 
because I already knew the information and I knew if I could wow them, they were going to call me and they're going to want more because they would assume that there was more and there was. Now, my point with this is that when you focus on how people are going to feel, if you can provide value in your letters and in your sales process, you will see a substantial increase in the conversations that you get into and in the conversion that results obviously into sales. So I hope this podcast helps you out. Uh, again, when you start on your next copy project, really break down what is my copy medium? What is my greatest benefit? What do I want people to do? Again, that one action goal. What medium am I writing on? And then outline your your whatever project it is, email, whatever. Then copy paste any literature that you have, any copy that you have about that product. Put it onto a document, highlight the hard-hitting stuff, reference it, and then fill in the blanks between your outline, and boom, you will have an effective piece of copy. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Brain Hickey Podcast. That's all we've got. If you have any questions or if you want to chat, um, I do seriously respond and reply to every email. Yes, it is just me. It's not an assistant. And you can email me at adam at brainhickey.com. If you have any copy products you want me to take a quick glance at, I'm happy to. Uh, I believe in giving value and helping people. I do not sell my services to anybody. Uh, if you want to hire me based on my feedback, great. We can work together. But my, my goal with this podcast is to help other people improve their brand, improve their ability to give a brain hickey, to craft that unforgettable copy that leaves a mark, a long-lasting mark on the mind and on the brain of your audience. Be memorable, be awesome, be great. Thank you again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Hey, thanks again for listening. Access all your supplementary podcast goodies at brainhickey.com. Don't forget to click subscribe for new episode alerts. And hey, if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This is Adam Benzman signing off the Brain Hickey Podcast.